Hey listeners, before we get to today's episode, I'd like to remind everyone of our live show, which is coming up this Monday, the 24th of October, at the Royal Albert Hotel. It will be at 7 o'clock, and it's free entry, and we'll be joined by uh, special guests from Colonial Brewing and Nip of Courage. So please do come by. There will be a drinks package available as well from the bar if you'd like to drink what we are drinking. And if not, you can just drink any of the great beers that they'll have on tap that day. This episode is brought to you by Dave's Brewery Tours. They run buses in and around Sydney visiting different breweries, and they also are now running in Canberra, which is pretty exciting. Okay, on with the show. Sessionable. All right. Is it? Are we? Are we recording? Yes. Excellent. Oh, this is exciting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Welcome to uh, Sessionable. This is a probably a pretty mini um, interview. So we've just finished an Ale Star session um, at the local tap house uh, with the excellent Sean Sherlock, who is our guest right now. Hi, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. There you go. I did it. Woo. Oh, the, the excellent Sean Sherlock. I I, I, the I, excellent. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, how are you guys feeling? Because I'm feeling pretty happy after we, all We've all had a few beers. Um, yeah. We can be honest about that, upfront about it. That's all right. We're all professionals. Exactly. Professional what's, I don't know. But uh, as a regular Ale Stars attendee for the last couple of years, I, I can say I'm pretty happy with, the, with my lot from the last couple of hours. I mean, that was a pretty spectacular range of, or array of beers that we've had this evening. Thank you very much. No, I was very happy to be invited. Having done it a couple of times before, I really enjoyed tonight. It was um, first time genuinely under my own steam, which is always a good thing. That's very exciting. So we might um, touch on that. Some, as probably most of our listeners know, and if they don't, we'll, we'll recap it briefly. But Sean, you're from Foghorn Brewery, uh, Foghorn Brewing Brewhouse. Sorry, <laughs> it's been a long night, guys. Um, Foghorn Brewhouse. Foghorn Brewhouse. Brew yeah. It's on your shirt, which That's is right. That's um, the easy way to, to remember. <laughs> Um, but you haven't always been at Foghorn, um, no. No, Foghorn Brewhouse is um, my brewery. Myself and uh, my business partner, James Garvey, started Foghorn Brewhouse um, a couple of years ago now, and we're based in Newcastle, and we've just opened uh, our second venue a few months ago at Erina on the Central Coast. Um, we're a brew pub. We've, uh, we're basically only selling our own beer through our own taps. We're not really doing much in the way of bottled beer or wholesale beer, um, so a lot of the people uh, listening to this might not have had the chance to try our beers, but um, if they've ever drunk a Murray's beer um, over the years, they've probably drunk um, beer that uh, I've either brewed or had, had a hand in. I was uh, with Murray's for uh, oh, eight plus years, um, I was head brewer there for uh, a lot of years, and um, yeah, we uh, we brewed some good beer in our day, and oh, yeah. and, uh, and Murray's are still <laughs> definitely did, yeah. still brewing some great beers, and uh, you know a big part of the um, Australian craft beer scene. Yeah, I, we touched on this tonight during Ale Stars, but we didn't bring it up as to the full extent. But I think um, definitely Liam and I, and uh, I'm sure Brad as well. Murray's was a big part, I think, of our initial craft beer journey. I know Liam and I bonded over Murray's beers pretty early yeah, on. Yeah, I think we talked about it earlier today. Yeah. The, um, you know, like the, the craft beer guides and all that stuff back in yeah, the day, the Critics' Choice. And Murray's was... And a, stuff like Icon. And, and, and drinking Icon and um, Anniversary Ales and and uh, Grand Cru. And I remember um, 
uh, I found in a bottle shop the oak-aged Heart of Darkness once, <laughs> and I brought it home, and it was in a plastic bag, and I walked through the front door, and the plastic bag split. Oh, no. And this bottle of just black. I'm pretty sure you rang me when that oak, happened. I'm pretty well. sure yeah. I did. And I was, like, I was like, are you licking it off of the floor? I was floor? like, Liam, no, should yeah. I lick it off the floor? There's glass, but... This sounds like a Rotomac 1984 <laughs> moment, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, I think, you know, definitely... Well, that's a crime against humanity. Oh, oh, I was Heart of Darkness is one of my favourite beers. It, same, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a yeah. Wow, that sucks. Mm, it did. It was. It, it probably cost you eight hundred dollars oh, too. It was, in, it was in not a bottle, a cheap shop. bottle of yeah, beer to yeah. to see splayed over my kitchen floor. <laughs> it was more the firstborn child that he had to give away to get it. But yeah. <laughs> but even yeah. even from my perspective, as you know, somebody who first came to Australia in, in twenty ten as a visitor and not really knowing what to expect at all beyond what I'd been led to believe was you know a Foster's ridden country. You know, I remember looking on rate beer and like the top four out of five beers were, were all Murray's beers. And this yeah. was in 2010, right? So, you know, it was... Sounds about right, yeah. You know, and I was, you know, it was amazing to try that stuff when I came out here. You know, it was, fan- it was, it was fabulous. So, yeah, I think, it, I think Murray's was huge in the initialization of, of the craft beer movement from, from my perspective as an outsider you, anyway. You guys have been uh, wonderful for my ego. Um, <laughs> that's why we're bringing you here, mate. We're here, that's it. Now, we... we Look, the great thing about um, Murray's, particularly um, in the uh, uh, for you know my whole time at Murray's, um, was that it was a brewer-driven business in terms of the beers um, that I was given total freedom uh, to brew what I wanted to brew. Uh, Graham before me was given uh, total freedom as well, um, and you know we we brewed beers that we were really passionate about. We um, for the the industry in its day, we took some risks um, and we proved that you could brew beers that were all about flavour and body and aroma and not taking, you know, dumbed-down compromises um, and be successful as a business. Mm. And it was very successful. And the, and the more interesting beers that we brewed, uh, the better we did. So, yeah, like I'm really proud of that period. Um, nothing but positive things to say about Murray's and really hope it, uh, it keeps growing into the future. But, uh, yeah, started my own business. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to that, absolutely. Um, I think just quickly before you do, we had um, Andy here from Murray's last month doing yeah. our stars and the revenants at which he talked about you and your generation of, of Murray's you know when they were talking about moving forward now and then hearing you talk about it in such high regard sort of goes shows to light yeah. how, how important it was I guess as well and the fact that you own it as a part of your growth and who, who you are now and they own it as part of the, the story of the company as well so yeah but also did you come up with the uh, design of the shagging kangaroos on the icon <laughs> label no that was um that was uh, most of the labels and and uh, the vast majority of the names of the beers um that was really murray himself um he um look murray's a really passionate craft beer guy and he's a guy that um back in the day put his money where his mouth is um in a way you know, it's 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 hard to understand um, when you're a, a beer lover um, and you're a you're a home brewer or whatever uh, to understand what it actually takes to spend the dollars to do sure. what he did, particularly yeah. starting in 2005 when there really was no industry. Yeah. You know, I mean, there were guys like Mountain Goat, there was Holgate, there was um, in terms of uh, beers that were craft genuine independent craft beers that were available semi you know semi available that were australian brewed there was you know uh, grand ridge i guess was another one there were only a a few around um 
even a brewery like Feral, I think Feral might, I'm not 100% certain, but I think they're about one year older than Murray's maybe. Uh, but they were from Western Australia. That's, and, yeah. so that's something you then, heard maybe. about. And I think yeah. they did like one tap takeover here at the tap house. And that was about all we got at the stage, so, right? So, you know, so, uh, and, and we were, when we started with Murray's, I mean, we were, <laughs> Taylor's Arm is a village of 50 people uh, out the back of Maxville, which is a town of uh, less than 7,000 people on the mid-north coast, halfway between Sydney and Brisbane. Um, you couldn't have chosen a sillier place, really, to start uh, a, a brewery that you wanted to then turn into a, a regional or semi-national brand, which is what they've become. Um, and it was a testament to Murray's um, uh, you know, vision and his ability to fund um, and then to allow um, initially Graham and then myself to... Um, uh, particularly that uh, that period when we were really growing in that middle period when I was head brewer and when we moved the brewery to Port Stephens and we were releasing you know uh, new lines every month and um, you know yeah just insane yeah uh, uh, things that that hadn't really been done uh, commercially in the Australian mm-hmm. scene before to that level um, it was a great period and some um, of which still probably haven't been done since. Yeah, so look, it was great to be part of that, and um, you know, but and a lot of fond memories from that period. Yeah. But uh, you know, it was, I, I had to move away. I wanted yeah. to start my yeah. own, uh, yeah. start my Absolutely. own uh, brand, and take some of the lessons I learnt from that business into my own. So I guess um, uh, moving forward from there into Foghorn, which is you know your next iteration, how do you feel? What's the difference between the two? Because I think there is probably a little bit more maturity and refinement in the beers that we've had, we've seen coming through. So how do you how do you feel like Murray's had to play with the the point and what's the point of difference? You did you have a decided point of difference between the two brands or? That's to be honest, um, no. I think with Murray's, in my time at Murray's anyway, um, I was very conscious of building, uh, or from the beer side anyway, um, I was conscious of trying to build a house style and a house profile, um, and sort of big malts, big hops, big yeast. Um, the, that kiwi was, hops. Yeah, and, and it, well, kiwi hops was um, a big part of it, but also, you know, British malts, German malts. Um, I was really, really conscious of building a Murray's house style. Um, right or wrong, that was what I was trying to achieve. Um, with the brew pub, uh, with what we're doing uh, with Foghorn, yeah, I, look, it's the same brewer, same approach to brewing different beers, but um, using a broader range of ingredients and perhaps with less of a focus on a house style and just more of um, brewing beers or feel like drinking. And have you tailored your beers to the market at all or is it pretty much as it was when Murray's had a slightly wider reach? In any way, in, in some ways, um, it's less tailored to a market in that it's just totally now down to, to me and what I feel like brewing. Um, I, I don't have anybody telling me... Um, Again, not that Murray was telling me what to do. Uh, he, he, uh, for someone who put up as much money as he put up, he gave me and the brewing team amazing freedom, uh, which is why the beers were the way they were. But um, yeah, now I've got no restrictions in yeah, that but sense. But now, now it's your your thing. All that said, any commercial brewer that says he doesn't think or she doesn't think of their market when they brew a beer is not a commercial brewer. That's that's yeah. fair. Uh, you actually have to sell the product, so there is there is no point in brewing something that people can't and won't drink. Now, in um in true sessionable fashion, we are drinking a beer as we talk. Um, we always do. 
Uh, we, we've got one it's of your beers. You almost had now. the listeners yeah. fooled there. So. I know, I know. We, uh, they might have thought we were dead sober and not drinking anything, just water. Well, well some, of, some of us are dead sober. I, uh, well, yeah, I think the, holding up pretty the, well. The, the, listen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the listeners can choose which one. Um, <laughs> um, but we are drinking a beer and it's fucking delicious. Is that a technical term? It's, it's BJCP style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the Young Americans IPA, um, one of your beers, Sean. Bit of a bonus beer for tonight as well. Yeah, brought that down tonight. Um, we had the four beers on the list. I just felt like bringing a fifth because I could. Yeah, because <laughs> it's your brewery. That's right. Yeah. I don't think many people complained about that. <laughs> no, either, I so, yeah. <laughs> there were very few. I don't think I heard a complaint. Um, but why, why don't you... You've already described this to us, but uh, for the benefit of our listeners, um, what is this beer and what, what are we tasting as we drink yeah, it? I, um, I'm brewing a range of different IPA styles now um, and you talked about how I've evolved into the way I approach beers or uh, the way the flavours of the beers have evolved from uh, the Murray's days. Um, of course they've evolved in a sense I'm always trying to improve. Um, everybody who is brewing or doing anything really is trying to improve. Um, I've been over time uh, pulling um, coloured malts, crystal malts, um, the heavier grains uh, in terms of flavour and body out of the IPAs and getting more and more uh, dry and lean in the in terms of the malt bill um, but then pushing uh, the hops later and later and later in terms of the actual their use in the in the uh, in the beer so later in the boil later in whirlpool and then I've, I've got a hop back on the current brewery so I can use uh, the whole cone hop flowers um, in a way that contributes a lot to the mouthfeel of the beer giving it that real resinous character um, but you know it's influenced obviously by the US approach to IPA brewing but it's you know it's using a blend of uh, mainly US hops uh, but also some kiwi and a previous incarnation also using some Australian uh, hops just whatever I think is going to work in the beer and what brought about that want to change and bringing down the crystal malts and stuff like that? Where, where did that come from? Again, it's um, a bit of a push for drinkability. Um, I'm wanting um, the hops to stand up a little more on their own. Um, while also in my IPAs, I like to have a little bit of yeast character. That's unusual. Most uh, Americans will talk about, uh, most American breweries in terms of their IPA brewing um, will talk about having as neutral a yeast character as they can have so that the, the hops stand loud and proud. I actually think you can, you can have some uh, esters uh, there that actually support some of that hop character and add a, add a, a complexity to the beer. And we did that at Murray's as well. So I'm, I'm using... Um, uh, a blend of British ale yeasts in this particular beer, okay. um, which contributes to that fruity yeah, I, character. I, I definitely think so. I think it, it definitely lends something more than just straight USO5. Yeah, or... and it gives it a different character. I think half the, half the response tonight was that it didn't just taste and smell like every other IPA everyone's had. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, all and the that's beers what had, I'm trying had to achieve. a level of depth, which I think you could attribute to that. Yeah, uh, uh, understanding yeast and understanding fermentation um, is obviously critical to brewing it yeah. goes without saying <laughs> yeah. but um i do think sometimes um brewers can tend to get so excited by hops and by the hop character that they overlook what yeast contributes to beer yeah uh, maybe that's a bit of a hobby horse of mine but I, I do think um if you focus more on your fermentations uh and less on individual brand new cool hop varieties um you'll have better beer do you have your own strain of yeast Oh, it's not my own strain in, in, in a sense. I'm starting with um, liquid, uh, liquid yeast strains that uh, you know, any uh, brewer can purchase in the country, but I, right. I then blend those yeasts to come up with something unique 
for my brewery. Um, as we said during Yale Stars, yes, uh, when you're blending yeasts, ultimately one of the yeasts in the blend will dominate, but you still end up with a character that's mm. different to that yeast on its own. And it's taken me a while to come up with blends that work well, um, but I'm pretty happy with them now. So I think we are too, so yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> So I think for most of our listeners, um, if they've ever tried one of your beers, it's probably the No Sleep Till Nelson, um, which was your Gab beer. It was a uh, Imperial Stout, uh, I believe. Um, you mean the best beer of Gab's? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. 20, Brad, 2016, right? Brad, what beer did you vote oh, for, Gab's? Kind. I'm pretty sure that was my number one. Yeah, and I, I think I was quite vocal about it at the time. Yeah, you're also quite drunk as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah I but mean, he was also quite vocal, right, drunk. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I guess um, we'll probably wrap it up pretty soon. But I think. One final question is, um, is there any chance of uh, seeing any more Foghorn beers outside of your two venues? Is that is that something on the cards at all? Or are you going to focus more on your venues and uh, make sure that they're... Short to medium term, um, it's venue-based. So it's not that we won't ever have beer outside the venue. There will be some kegs here and there. Uh, we only do draft beer. We don't do bottled or canned beer at all. Um, if you want to take our beer away, it's growlers and squealers. Um, the whole business model is based on freshness of product. It's based uh, on selling our own beer through our own taps. Um, and that's, again, maybe based on some lessons that I learnt through my previous brewery. Um, but all that said, um, as you've seen with uh, Richard at the Wigan Pen in... Sorry, not the Wigan Pen. Sorry, Richard. Uh, ben spoke. In, uh, in, uh, formerly of the Wigan Pen. In, uh, yes, Sean formerly of Murray's, Richard formerly of Wigan Pen. Uh, he's now you know, having established his brew pub down there over a couple of years. He's a good 12 to 18 months in front of where we are uh, in terms of the, the, his brew pub down there. Um, the demand is built. Uh, he can see a market. He's now uh, he's now expanding, but but actually doing that by building a separate brewery and having a separate production facility and a separate bottling line and all the rest of it. I'm not saying that's our model at the moment. It definitely isn't. Our model is, you know, the, to to bed in the two venues we've got, and if we're lucky enough, we may extend to a third. That said, never say never that we, you know, yeah, yeah. if the brand builds and the demand is there, we would look at doing it. Oh, but, the demand is here. Uh, <laughs> I can so tell you that at the moment using opportunities like using ale styles or other things like this to one-off bring your beers down is a better way to, to bring them out to the, to the masses to some degree? Yeah, and um, we've hardly done any of this. I, I del- very deliberately dropped off the craft beer planet uh, when I, uh, in terms of all these sorts of events and the wider industry. It was basically because I was he- head down, bum up, yeah. setting up the business and setting up, you know, uh, source you know, on the brewing side. I mean, my business partner is uh, really strong with uh, the broader business side um, of the business as well. But it's a lot of work uh, yeah. setting up these venues. And it's a big venue and the, and, uh, the second venue has been a, a big thing to set up as well. Yeah, tell us a bit about that second venue because I don't think... All of our listeners would necessarily know what we, about we've that opened one. a second venue. So the original, the brew house itself is in Newcastle, um, and you know, two fifty seat restaurant, uh, as well as the uh, eighteen hundred liter brew house there. We've then set up a brew, uh, sorry, a second venue in um, Erina on the central coast, um, and it's uh, a bar and restaurant that we're supplying direct from Newcastle. So if you're in Sydney and you want to try our beer, it's only an hour up the road. Uh, at Erina, um, and if you're really keen and want to come to the brewery, you're two hours up the road to Newcastle. So do first night in Erina, second night in Newcastle. Exactly, and, look at, and then Melbourne and Brisbane. Hey, it's direct flights. So. <laughs> yeah, you, you can fly in Newcastle, right? Absolutely. Direct. Want to try the if you really want to try the beer, you can get it. Right? Which and, and you should really want to try. The beer. I actually reckon it's that really it's a, it's a it's a step for. Um, 
Australian craft beer that uh, we sort of bypassed what the Americans did. Uh, American, uh, well, the American, they still have to travel. The American the craft beer scene was really based on, uh, to some extent on brew pubs. Mm. And, and very okay, local. Uh, okay, they had the Sierra Nevadas and they had the uh, Boston Beer Companies and what have you, but they also had a range of great brew pubs. And they still do. That's where most of the, of the growth in the US market is, is those brew pubs that only do their very local region. And, and people travel for the beer. In Australia, we're all spoilt because uh, you know we want to sit back in our in and our towns. And, uh, yeah, and look, it's by the, I speak from experience. Uh, by the time you've bottled it and you've sent it across the country, um, with the best of intentions and the best of processes, it's not the same. By the time it's left your brewery, you you can't guarantee you it's going to be the same beer. That's the that's that's the fact. So if you want to drink beer at its freshest, uh, drink it right next to the brewery at the brew pub. I agree. Yeah, definitely. So, Sean, um, I think we might wrap it up there. I think that's a good, I think good point. we've probably taken up most of your life for today, so <laughs> we'll leave it there across um, Alestars and, and the podcast. So, uh, thank you very much for tonight. Thank uh, you thanks, on Bush. both halves. And, yeah, thank, uh, thanks for the Alestars and thanks for sitting down with us and uh, doing this interview. And no thanks worries. for the fucking beers. Because yeah, well, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Sessionable. Okay, that's it. Thanks once again to Dave's Brewery Tours for sponsoring the show. And please do join us at the Royal Albert Hotel, 7pm on October 24th, for our live show. Goodbye.